Hello, hello, and welcome to Temple of the False Pod, where decks are not optimized, but our plays sure as heck are fun. I'm Andy. I'm Bruce. And, uh, we wanted to talk... We, we wanted to take things simple, go back to the basics a little. Uh, yeah, well, I'm back in, back in my usual location. Yeah, look at you. Back in that, that hallway. Um... We we uh we wanted to Bruce Bruce came up with this brilliant idea that we would uh, Whoa. I'm putting all the pressure on you if this fails <laughs> wow selling it hard um, Bruce came up with this idea where we would just kind of sit back talk about the color we would, we would take an episode each season talk about a color <clears throat> what they're known for right especially now. Um, and talk about you know whether it it makes sense, whether it it helps the the solidification of the color pie, and uh, where 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 we see this color make itself prominent, I guess is uh, right. Uh, so we wanted to start today with an episode dedicated to the most medium color of all. Green. Start Green. right in the middle. Um, unless you're going Wooberg order and then it's reverse. But uh, <laughs> we, we, we wanted to start with green. Uh, yeah. Green, for those who don't know, is one of the five main colors of magic. One of the five colors of magic, man. Um, if you don't know what green is for magic, then I'm shocked then you've never you somehow magic. then you've somehow stumbled upon this podcast slash uh, slash YouTube show. Yes, and uh, welcome to magic. <laughs> <laughs> um, green's known for big stompy boys. Yeah, that's that's like its tag is like we got the big ones. We got the big ones, and we also have what is necessary to play the big ones. Mm, right. So, uh, for those we'll who... The, we'll get to this in a minute. Yeah. So, yeah. green Green's all about getting a lot of mana and using that mana efficiently. Surprise. Uh, yeah. And it seems like everything they do is based around those two core concepts, I guess. All right. It's really one concept. Make enough money to use it, you know? Uh, yeah. <laughs> man, green. All of green's good stuff costs more. Well, mm. what does green do best? Make more. <laughs> so so green makes a ton, get, gets you a ton of mana, and allows you to cast what the, the best spells in green. That just makes sense. Uh, it wouldn't make any sense to have a color where all of your good stuff costs more costs a lot but you have no way to reach that cost yeah for sure um i think with with green it's you know even even the cards that are like you know go find a land put it into your hand like those are still like really getting the game going early like right those spells usually cost less sure but, like, it is getting you to where you need to be to then do the big ugly things. Um, right. But... Right. And, I mean, I also don't, you know, I don't want to turn this episode into a, uh, you know, a pedantic discussion of what counts as mana ramp. It's like, yeah. oh, but you're putting the land in your hands, so it's not really ramp. It's like, whatever. It's getting you, it's getting you to the, the point in the game where you want to be as fast as possible yeah if you're gonna be mad that uh we're talking generically about ramp as ramp and fixing mm -hmm. uh then then let us know because uh i won't read it i will oh okay and then you'll then i'll Absolutely. then we'll have an Definitely episode where it. bruce is just in tears and that'll be the blue episode there we go um so we, we brought three main tenants of green that aren't just trample and big boys. Um, oh, yeah, because green is also known for trample, if you didn't know. 
Um, but uh, we, we we have three main topics we want to cover, yeah. and we'll see uh, how they all fit together. Uh, because green is a beautiful magical color uh, that all, all cares about growth. So we've got the first topic we're going to cover is fighting. You know, this yep. with red especially are the two like main colors in what we have colloquially known as fighting. Uh, it's when a, a creature does damage to another creature and vice versa in non-combat ways. Right. Well, I mean, you know, let, let's just go with something real basic here. Affectionate Indrik. Oh, yes. Thank you. 4-4 four, four creature. It's a beast. Uh, it says, when Affectionate Indrik enters the battlefield, you may have it fight target creature you don't control. So essentially what happens, this creature that you control has has a fight with a creature that you don't control. They each deal their power, or they a fight where is each deals damage equal to its power to the other. So your Indrik takes four, and uh, or your Indrik deals four, and their creature deals their power back to the Indrik. I forgot that yeah. fight was keyworded. Yeah. Wonderful. Right. I mean, actually, probably the most famous fight creature is probably Apex Altasaur, just because of the way it works. So, Apex Altasaur, um, for those who don't know, yeah. uh, is a monster. Uh, yes. It says, uh, it has, it's a 10-10. It says, when Apex Altasaur enters the battlefield, it fights up to one target creature you don't control. And then it has Enrage, so when it's dealt damage, it fights. So when it fights, it's dealt damage. So then it fights again and again. Until it has no more life force. Yeah, essentially until it's dead or there isn't an opposing creature that has power. Yeah. Um, so it's funny because the, probably the most famous f- creature with fight on it essentially is quasi-mass removal for green as opposed yep. to a fight mechanic, as opposed to fight mechanic, which initially at least was seen as green's way of doing removal um green as a color is not supposed to have creature removal it doesn't you rarely get cards that say you know rarely get a green card that just says destroy target creature you can get green cards that say uh, exile the creature give them a counter or give them a token uh you can find you know ideally green's you know the solution for green to get rid of get rid of other creatures is to attack the opponent and mm. make them block or block their creature and kill it that way. Um, so wizards came up with the fight mechanic as a way to sort of uh, make it a little easier for green to get rid of uh, creatures that your opponent doesn't, is they're just not, not going to include them, in yeah. combat. <laughs> yeah. They're just not going to include that creature in combat because they don't want it dead. So Green, the ability to fight opens it up so that green can actually get rid of a creature uh, as opposed to allowing your opponent to be the one who decides when their creature dies. Yeah. um, Yeah. Andy, what do you think of fight? I think fight's great. I really like fight as a mechanic. Um, I like that it, it depends on you doing the thing green wants to do, which is play big creatures. Now, when this gets out of hand is when you're playing against, say, like a Death Touchy deck. Or where it gets even more out of hand is when you're playing a Death Touchy deck and you have a bunch of fight things. Um, Right. And Wizard's response to this essentially was the bite, quote-unquote, mechanic. Uh, Bite for those who don't know, is like a one-sided fight um, based on the sorcery uh, Rabid Bite, which says target creature you control deals damage equal to its power to target creature you don't control. So it's fighting, but the other creature doesn't do the damage back. Right. Great great in Death Touch stuff, which Green is also known for. But uh, trying to keep things on, on fight, uh, fighting, I don't know. It, it does an aggressive thing um, and relies on you doing the green thing, which is, like, if people are playing a lot of, you know, creature hate, then great. Like, fighting isn't too 
you know, OP or anything. But um, if... See, I'm stuck. Because fighting relies on you having big creatures. Yeah. But why don't you just send those in and then fight? And I mean, like, you know, that's like a good a good way to think about it. But also, um, if they're not blocking with their creatures, you're getting right in. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, what... <laughs> There, then begs the question, why bother killing their creatures? Um, you know, they're, they're, you'll have you know instances where their creatures are affecting the board in some way that really, like, <laughs> for whatever reason, your combat isn't doing enough to affect the game. Right, right, well, and that's kind of when I like. That's really when I like fight. Mm-hmm. I like the idea that if I'm holding a card that allows one of my creatures to fight one of your creatures, I can look at it and say, okay, well, the creature I want to get rid of is your 1-1, but you will not attack or block with it because it's valuable to you and there's a reason I want it dead and you want it alive. So I'm like, all right, so I can either use it now to, to get rid of the creature but it puts a point of damage on my creature before I go to combat. So when I swing, or when I decide to go to combat, am I now not going to attack with my creature? Because that one point of damage suddenly makes it vulnerable? Mm-hmm. Or do I want to swing in? Do four points of damage to something, take three, and then use my fight thing to go after your 6-3. Because I know I'll kill it. And yes, you're going to do six damage and kill my creature. But you only need to do one. I got hmm, double right. double activity. So the idea is that it sort of it forces you to look at the board state and decide, is this better to do now or later? And I like cards like that. Uh, I like abilities like that. That sort of, you know, when you should use it is not prescribed in stone. You know, like ideally an instant you want to wait to the last possible moment to use it. That's the whole point of having an instant is that you can wait. But sometimes it's better to just use it right away. And I think the fight mechanic is sort of, it's all over. Sometimes you do want to use it right away. Sometimes you want to wait till after combat. Um, you know, it, it, it just sort of goes everywhere. My real issue with the fight mechanic is more a case of it's disappointing to me that a cre- that it's, that my six six with trample doesn't do any spillover damage. Trample is irrelevant when you fight; you're just doing the damage to the other creature. Yeah. So trample doesn't do anything. First strike, which admittedly most green creatures don't have, first strike doesn't do anything. It's a fight. You're just you each take your shot. I mean the. Fight is essentially the two of you standing there and you each get to punch each other in the face once and nobody's going to even try and stop you. Yeah. But all your other abilities don't do anything. But wait, Death Touch does. Mm. So I find this part, that part of the fight for me is a little bit frustrating because I would like to see the other abilities play into it a little. But uh, again, I mean, this is just, it becomes a situation where you know, maybe you're maybe you're trying to deal with your opponent's first strike creature. Well, fight's right. a great way to do that because now they're the ones who are losing the creatures. So, it's all about you know the flexibility that's involved with it or the hoops you have to jump through. And I'm a big fan of of cards that don't just make it real easy. Like there's one obvious solution, or it just handles the entire situation. There's nothing else you need to worry about. Yeah, it definitely does that nicely in terms of like it fills the gaps of like you know like like you said it 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 does the it, it's it's difficult for your keywords but it's nice that it negates theirs so like it does feel right. like it's the it's the it's the solution to a, a problem you know yeah uh, in some ways and it's not the solution in other ways uh, right yeah. So fight is, I like it. I I really like. I had a fight deck, uh, based around Helena and Elena, the the two separate ones, the ones with partner, not the 
not Helena and Elena partners. Uh, the 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 two separate partner commanders from Commander Legends, uh, and the green one, I believe, is Helena. Uh, she says like when a creature comes into play, you can pay two to have it fight. I think something maybe it's punch. Uh oh. Um, yeah, it punches or bites. Okay. Um, but like it is, you know, it, in essence, is a very similar uh, idea. Uh, right. I I would say most of the time, fighting and biting are the same. Uh, obviously, they're not. Uh, obviously, there's a huge delta of difference. But uh, you know, with my Helana and Elena deck, Helana and Elena is that correct? Yeah, I don't know why it just started sounding weird in my head. <laughs> but with my Helana and Elena deck, it was about doing the green thing, which was making big creatures and having them punch or fight. It had a bunch of fight cards in it because they're, you know, you've got instant speed, you've got, you know, cheap, you've got expensive. It's it's like a, it's well, it's, it's well produced at this point. Um, right which is obviously why they they got into biting more um but um yeah i I like it as a mechanic yeah i think there's all there's all sorts of varieties and variants that they can use they just gotta be they just need to be careful to make sure that you know they don't let green wander too far away from from this Um, yeah i would like to see more uh what i've heard as butt fighting where uh Uh. Where it does damage equal to its toughness, uh, yeah. But I I've also been working on a uh, a uh, a tree folk deck lately. So. Yes. Well, there you go. Um, um, my personal uh, uh, one of my favorite little twists that I've seen on the fight mechanic is barroom brawl. Um, barroom yes. brawl is uh, one in a green. It's a sorcery. Target creature you control fights target creature the opponent to your left controls. Then, that player may copy this spell and may choose new targets for the copy. Which, in a multiplayer game, is joyful. I mean, how far how far are other folks willing to go? And I love that it doesn't you. stop when it gets back to you. Like, it just continues. Well, it, it stops when somebody decides, I'm not going to fight. I like too that this it's it's on resolution that the next person goes. Like it's not like it's not like you're building up a stack. It just like it's a it's yeah. It clears the stack, it's a new thing and then the copy is made yes. and um yes, I so like I your thing. Now you have a thing. Yeah. The only thing I don't like about this card is that it like it's not like choose left or right. Like it, it like Yeah. It's solely dependent on your place at the table, which I oh. which I like, but it has no flexibility, uh, which I don't like. But this card um, brings chaos to a fight, which is why Barroom Brawl is a perfect name for it. it this yeah. is this is very chaotic. Uh, I, love I mean, it. yeah, who knows? Make it work. It'd be crazy. Thanks, Tim Gun. Yep. Um, uh. Up next, uh, actually, yeah, let's go to let's go to break, uh, and sure. then after when we get back from break, we're going to talk about uh, a big thing and then a small thing. Sounds good. So if uh, you're intrigued by that description, you won't want to leave. So come back after break. Uh, we'll be right back. This episode of Temple of the False Pod is brought to you by Regeneration. What? Wizards don't do that no more. <laughs> this episode of Temple of the False Pod is brought to you by Indestructible. Regeneration for a new generation. Uh, this episode of Temple of the False Pod is brought to you by Titan of Industry. Explain to me how Titan of Industry is green. Hmm. We're back. 
Hey, talking about the the windy city of green. Don't ask me how it relates to Chicago, but green. Um, we we talked about fighting and biting and that whole sounds like the Ephesians fashion show. Exactly, they bite. They fight, bite, fight, and fight, bite, fight, bite, fight, bite, 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 bite. You're right. You're right. 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 Um, this joke has gone on too long. Too long. Uh, All right. So next topic. Next topic is growth. Uh, it, through our research, our well-documented, uh, intensive, and encyclopedic research of the color green in Magic: The Gathering. Uh, trading card game uh, we discovered that green is apparently known for temporary growth uh, which we agree but we also have problems with um, for as long as I've played the game green has been uh, also the color one of the main colors of counters plus one plus one counters etc um, so well, I mean, for the longest time, green wasn't. Right. Wasn't about the counters. Simply put, giant growth is in alpha. The idea that a single card cast at a, a spot in time gives one of your creatures a burst so they're bigger. Right. And it's usually like, power and toughness. Like, giant growth was like the the one mana for three thing, right? Like, it was part yes. of that cycle along yeah. with Ancestral Recall. it was the absolute, right. It was the absolute key. And then every set after that had some variant of that. Take your take your pick. Uh, you know, plus two, plus two, and regenerate. Or uh, get an energy counter. Or it was so, usually somehow tied to, the the, tied to one of the themes of mm-hmm. that set. But there was always that was always in there, always. To the point where I think it basically still is. The real issue, though, is um, isn't that it's not there anymore. It's a, that we're now also seeing plenty of situations where green offers a plus one plus one counter, mm. and that's significantly different. That's permanence. That's yeah. uh, you know that's going to be a while. And I mean, like, usually with with that like permanent growth, uh, so like with with the, the the temporary growth, it is a lot of like sorceries and instants, uh, combat trick type stuff, um, you know. Uh, and then with with the the permanent growth, it's usually when it's paired with a different color. You know, you've got the simic with yes. adapt. You've got uh, a lot of green and white plus one counter stuff with a lot of the Selesnia stuff um, but it's still like fairly heavy in green um, I think that like what's interesting is that it does like I don't know if I didn't think of checking this when I uh, had when we were talking about it before the episode but uh uh, with the growth stuff, I don't know whether it's becoming more popular or more more common, I guess, to have the permanent growth, or if just because sheer value, we see more of it. Um, and my my instinct is to think that it may be grow like they <laughs> growing at the same rate. Uh, you know, you've got <laughs> like things uh, like gift of growth or colossal growth. Colossal growth. You know, is uh, it's one in a green instant gives plus three plus three till end of turn. That makes sense, but it also is right. kicker for red. Uh, and if it, the spell was kicked, it gets plus plus uh, plus four plus four and trample and haste until end of turn. So it's like it's very much like those cards are still around. Um, right. Well, and you were you were you were asking at one point. Uh, you know, you said I haven't done any research on this. Well, okay, I just. I just looked. So green only cards. So not we're not talking Simic, we're not talking Selesnia here, where where you could pretend that it's the other color that's providing the ability for green to put a counter. Fifty-six cards. 
And I mean, it just goes on and on. Put a plus and plus one counter on target creature you control if it's legendary. Put a plus and plus one counter on target creature it gains reese. Put a uh, put a plus and plus one. Uh, put nine plus and plus one counters on a target land you control. Put a Ooh, plus and plus one counter that on one. target creature, and that's battle growth from Mirrodin. Yeah, this is something that's been going on for a while. That's an in- and these are all instants. So it's there. Bounty of the hunt from alliances put counters on cre- on, on a creature. Um, yeah, it's just... and I, I guess what I mean more of is like, is it becoming like is it becoming is it out is it outpacing the like giant growth effects? You know, is it uh, or are they both? Like, I mean, I would rather have a counter than you know temporary growth any day. Right, uh, and I think what we're seeing is uh, our bias as commander players. Right. Uh, we rarely want to see a creature get a benefit that they lose within the turn. Right. So, uh, you know, I would I would much rather pay one green and get a single plus and plus one counter on a creature than pay one green and get plus three, plus three until the end of the turn. That's not good enough in Commander. Commander, you want... Well, I mean, I want something that's going to be long-term. Uh, yeah. Whereas I can see how in Limited... Even in constructed, where you've got a much smaller card pool, getting that bonus makes more sense. Your own; those are both formats where you're only trying to put do twenty damage to one opponent. Having that burst, where that can do all that damage in one swing, makes sense. Your creatures don't get to hit for you know three, four turns in a row. Um, mm. So getting a counter on it might not be as good as getting plus three, plus three for a turn. And it also yeah. means that your fight mechanic actually kicks in and works even a little bit better if you've got if you can get that bonus until the end of the turn. So. Right, and I think that like uh, it's it's interesting to think of green as like I I think it it comes naturally right as this idea that it is about you know not only making big creatures but making creatures bigger. Uh, right. I think that it's this duality that, like, it is just, it just wants big power, big toughness. It doesn't really care too much more about, like, other things. It just wants, it wants the one thing and it's disgusting. Uh, And (laughs) I think, like, it's, I don't know, like, you know, even going back to fighting. It, like fighting wants you to have bigger creatures because then they'll survive. Um, and even in the case of Apex, why can't I remember? Apex Altasaur, great. Yeah. Um, even in the course, of, even in the 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 case of Apex Altasaur, like it's already a ten ten, so it's huge. And sure, it's a nine mana creature, but green has that covered uh and so like you're fighting and there's very few chances you're only going to be fighting one thing the only time you're going to be fighting one thing is if there's a 10 10 on board and it's the only thing you know uh or if there is just generally one thing on board uh but with with temporary growth effects and even so much as the the ubiquity of counters uh because i i think that we are headed into a problem with counters as much as we were in a problem with treasures and still tend to be uh i think that wizards has maybe gone overboard with treasures i mean what? well yes but uh <laughs> maybe gone overboard with counters um i like i like that with with ikoria we got new types of counters I think that, mm-hmm. and even so much as in New Capenna, we got shield counters. Yeah. Um, and I like the idea of, of playing around with their, the tools that they have, which are, you know, new keywords. Right. Etc. Um, and I think that green... Green... You know, people have been saying it for years. Green has just become good at everything. And I think yeah. that's true. Um, I think that uh, 
it's easy to build a generically good deck with green um, because it does the the game actions simply. It there's no there's there's less of like a sacrifice to do anything as there are with other colors. So um, I, th I think green does everything well when the circumstances uh, or when the, when the situation, when green has had a chance to create a situation where it does work. Yeah. Um, so. It feels like the Windmore color. Yeah. Right. I mean, perfect. So much, so much of what green does relies on green already having big creatures out there. Yeah. So if you already have the big creatures out there, it means you're probably swinging with them. And if you're playing in green and you've got big creatures, they probably have trample. So you're already on the way. Now, because you're already on the way, you now also have access to drawing a lot of cards. You have access to uh, being able to effectively fight and kill off specific creatures. I mean, if green doesn't have the big creatures, so if it, if there's a mass a mass destruction spell, now mm. suddenly green can't do anything to stop the their opponents from doing things. They can't draw their way out of the problem. They they're basically just waiting to draw another big creature. So that they can then use that and parlay that into the other things that they need. Yeah. Um, so it's like green is really good when it's when it's strong. And when it's yeah. not, it's not really good at getting you there other than by saying, do you need ramp? And it's like, well, no, no, I got the ramp. Now I need to draw, I need, I need a creature. Because I already in my hand, I have a way to draw cards, but it's only if I have a creature and I don't. And I have a way to do, you know, to get rid of my opponent's troublesome cards, but I need a creature out to be able to do it. Right. So I'm just looking for a creature, but I have no way to draw into it. So I'm just pull, flipping off the top, hoping to find a creature. And it, that's not always good, but, you know, a lot of times it just is good. So... Yeah, and I think that, like, you know, have you seen uh, the new Game Nights Live? The one from uh, Minneapolis? No. Oh, okay. Um, green takes takes a big, a big part of this game because there's a point where one of the contestants, uh, every time they play a creature, they draw, like, six cards. Right. Like, it gets to be that point where it's like, all right, like, you're already doing the thing that Green wants to do. And drawing cards is only going to, like, fuel that engine. Yeah. And it ends up feeling more Winmore-y. Yes. But, like, Green on its own also fuels ways to get there. So, it's like, it's got right. the first half figured out and the last half figured out. And, like, if you can con if you can contain that that middle part of, like, holding your board presence... It yeah. needs you to have a big board presence to do the bigger things that make you yeah. seem more of a threat. Um, and I mean, like, I think it's perfectly, like, it's uh, it's perfectly encapsulated in the fact that, you know, you've got, uh, what is it, Shamanic Revelation, which yeah. draws a card for each creature you control. So if you've gone wide, you can draw a lot of cards. But, like, if you've already gone that wide you're generally doing pretty good. And then you've got, uh, what is it, Call of the Wildspeaker? Um, yeah. Where it's the inverse, where it's draw a card for the highest power, power? I think it is, among non-humans. Non no, what is it called? It's something of the Wildspeaker. Return of the Wildspeaker. Okay. Uh, so it says, uh, choose one, draw cards equal to the greatest power among non-human creatures you control. So okay. for it to be good, for it to, I mean, like for it to be good, yeah, like, you know, generic magic card, like, oh, I need to be good, right. do be in good position. But like, if you're doing good, 
this card does it the thing it wants to do, of course. But right. I feel like it ends up feeling win more, win more, because you're already in a position where you have a commanding presence. Um, right. And, yeah. I feel like Green's card draw, while being very good, does ring more of win more, unless you're doing it with another color. Which right. just obviously complicates matters, but I mean, like that's that's why Simic has been seen as like such like a powerhouse for the past, I mean, the five years I've been playing, um, and right. probably longer. Uh, but like they're getting these cards all of the time, where it's like commanding presence here have well presence, uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think that it it's. It's interesting how the three of these topics kind of meld together because it is just all dependent on having high power or toughness, but generally power creatures. Um, right. Which does just fit that color pie. Um, it, they, it feels like they look at a mechanic, they want to put it in a color, so they look at the basis of that color, which for green is big creatures. And they figure out how to to weave it into a card, you know. Right. Um, well, I mean, so much so much of the way magic is developed is each color has their core, their mm -hmm. core, their core. Now take the new take the new thing that you've got for this set and apply it to that core. Right. So your plus three plus three, make it you know. How, how does that make sense in this set? You know, how do we draw cards in this set if the focus of the set is on, you know, is on whatever and, and just go that route? Or if we've created a new keyword, how does it, how can we make that work in this? Um, and it's just simply applying that and then spitting out the cards. Um, yeah. You know, because I do feel like there's a lot of sets where I look at the cards and I'm like, great i have that card but my version of the card doesn't you know give me an energy counter it does something else right and i think it's but funny it too still does I, the core of what I yeah want. i didn't even mention with return of the wild speaker the second mode which is wild growth uh but like for or i guess it's it's somewhere between wild growth and overrun uh, non-human creatures you get or control get plus plus three plus three until end of turn so it's right. it, it just harkens back to that other pillar of green um and i think new mechanics in general like i love i love seeing a card a new card and seeing like oh i see how they made this you know like not necessarily with Return of the Wild Speaker, but the other things that you're talking about, where it's like, mm -hmm. oh, like this is clearly set mechanic stapled to creature or right. stapled to whatever. Um, and I think that it's, you know, it's a good way to go. It, it, it proves to be memorable. It proves to be, you know, somewhat balanced. Um, right. But... I don't, I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> um, well, I think you got there. Oh, good. <laughs> um, and I think that, like, with with green in particular, it's easy to just be like, oh, like, they, they green gets everything. And it's like, well, green wants to do things simply, right? Green wants to get to do the game actions in the least amount of steps right um, it wants to be a very simple version of um, like if you have mono green versus mono green you know what you're getting out of the game uh that can't really be said with mono blue uh mono green wants creatures big mm -hmm. ones to attack each other or uh, to attack the opponent um and like I feel like with most, if not all, of re Green's recent mechanics, it it falls into the that that trapping, I guess, of like uh, 
it's either going to make your thing bigger or it's going to benefit from having a bigger thing. Right. <laughs> going to move on from wording. By, uh, by thing, you mean creature. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and I, I think that, like, with, you know, with power creep, uh, I'm going to say the big bad word. I think with power creep, it, it yeah. is only going to go up you know um in terms of like the way that green does that and i think that it's easy right. to recognize uh power creeping green over other things because it is just so simple you know uh, right i think the the part about power creep it's bad enough when you look at what green does and you watch and you see how oh look now they've got a new spell that they that they've or something else they've stapled onto this, so it makes it just that much stronger, that much better, this much, all this, and then you go the other route, and then they start. And I appreciate that this is especially that this was done especially for Commander, but Old Nabo now exists. A seven-seven flying flying creature in green, one. That all by itself is kind of questionable. <laughs> Green is not supposed to have a lot of big flying creatures. They're supposed to have creatures with reach. So they can stop your flyers, but they don't get to fly over your opponent and do that. Old Knobbone does. And then it says whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to a player, which is, re which is a very green thing. Green has trample. So even if they get blocked, they're probably getting some damage in. Create that many treasure tokens. Like, green doesn't already have enough ways to get mana? Do we right. really need... Is, is this where we needed to go? Green needed to encroach on the ability to make treasure tokens. Because all that's happening here is, one, you're giving green more mana, or two, you're giving green a bunch of artifact tokens. <laughs> I, I'm not saying what can be done with that. I'm not saying green is good at sacking tokens to do something else. But you're giving green a bunch of artifact tokens. It's going to be able to do something with this stuff. Right. Especially I where, mean, like, we've we've only been seeing green interact with their own artifacts in the past couple of years, you know? Right. And I think with Old Nawbone, the thing that gets me is that it says whenever a creature... Like, I think if they had dialed it back with Old Nawbone even just a little, it would have been, like, it would have just been, like, nobody would be talking about it, you know? Because um, if it was whenever this creature deals combat damage, you get that many treasures, or uh, you get a treasure if a yeah. creature does deal, like... When a creature it, deals combat damage to an opponent, you get a treasure. Right. Um, and, like, I think with that, it would be good, you know for go go wide strategies because then you right. get a lot of treasures and green is that's something green is supposed to still be able to do i understand white is now supposed to be the the dominant uh color type of small token creatures but practically speaking for commander green still does this so yeah. going wide you could still make a pile of treasures but it forces that strategy as opposed to Old Gnawbone, which is like, oh, you're going wide? I bet you Old Gnawbone would go good in your deck. Oh, you've just got a couple of creatures, but they're really big? Why don't you run Old Gnawbone? That'll get you more mana. What? When, yeah. when shouldn't you run this card? It's so interesting, too, because specifically with Old Gnawbone, I feel like they either learned or were prescient of uh, the issues that it could cause. Because then they created the Reaver Cleaver, uh, which is a fairly similar thing, stapled onto an equipment, but in red. And you know how many people I've heard talk about the Reaver Cleaver compared to Old Mawbone? Right. Like. Right. Because Green's not supposed to get this. <laughs> right. It, green gets all the mana it needs with spells like Cultivate and, and Kodama's Reach and. And 
101 other options. Yeah. So. I think with green being a, p- a part of the color pie, um, a lot of the, 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 the things that green does, a lot of the things that green does is are, are, are interconnected, are related, have synergistic qualities about them, uh, which is uh, quite honestly intentional. Like it, it is very much like, this is how green's going to work, and it's going to work together because that's the green way. A lot of other colors, like, for instance, red, a lot of the the red right. uh, keywords aren't necessarily as synergistic because green is about synergy, or at least, yeah. like, flavorfully about synergy. Um, and it, it's just, it's real cool to see how that grows with obviously the popularity of the game but also like with just you know they need to create new things um and so it's it's always interesting to see how they balance green or don't fail to balance green right uh with every new set because they they have to come up with something new you know right um well the interesting part is if you make old knobbone don't change a thing except instead of treasure tokens it makes food tokens. Mm. Green has a pile of mana. You can cash in those food tokens for life if you want. You can run them in other stuff. It means that any deck that cares about food tokens, that's sort that's where old Knobbone wants to go most. Using treasure just means that it's everywhere. It's a little frustrating. Um, yeah. But either I think, way. Yeah. I think the thing with Old Knobbone, yeah. and I think it it feels weak in terms of, like, a stance, but with Old Knobbone, it's a 7-7 seven, seven for 7 that can be your commander. And in green, it's easy to get to 7. But the, part of me wants to be like, well, they could have made it literally any other color. But Old Knobbone is a, an established character in the lore of the Forgotten Realms of being a green dragon. And I'm just like, yeah, but like, <laughs> I don't know, make it a red a red creature, but it can still be a green, I don't know. It just feels flimsy uh, in terms of like why they made it green or why right. didn't and they make it, I don't know, 10 mana. <laughs> look, and I get the lore aspect yeah. So I understand why it's a 7-7 seven, seven flying dragon in green. Even though it shouldn't be in green. But it's a green dragon. It has to be green. Right. I get all that. It's the treasure that puts me over the top. Yeah. This is not something the green needs or should have. And you could have made it more flavorful. You could have made it into something else. They chose not to. They chose to go into treasures with this. And it just sort of continues to feed the idea that treasures are being overused. And I know that Wizards has said repeatedly that they're backing down on this. It's just it's going to take us a while to see it because, of course, they're running almost two years ahead. Yeah. Great. So we should see a decline in treasures coming up this summer. So that's nice. Right. But in the meantime, we're playing this format where these cards never go away. Yeah. Wizards needs to understand that you make the mistake, the mistake is there forever. Smothering Tithe is never going away until it gets banned in Commander or until it gets, um, uh, or until you make something even better. Right. So when you make a card like this, just know this is what's going to happen. And there's just no way that they made this card and didn't uh, didn't know how the, what kind of response we were going to get. Yeah. But either way, um, I yeah, I, I think as we wrap up for this episode, I think that it's important to keep the the three pillars of new green yes. in mind uh, and how they all relate to the monolith that is big big boy creature time of green. Right. Uh, we've got fight card draw and growth. They're all synergistic in a beautiful, natural way. Um, and uh, next season, we'll talk about another color. Who's to say what it is? Um, except for us. <laughs> um, 
We've got uh, a couple more episodes this season, uh, and I want to thank everybody who's who's new to the show, who's who's come back from you know any break with the show. I want to thank everybody who's listened week after week. We we see you, we see you out there. Thank you. Um, and uh, next week, I think we've got a deck tale. Oh my God, Bruce sees all of you. Um, we got a deck tale coming up next week. Uh, it's going to be a fun time. And uh, so, all in all, see you all next week. Thank you for listening. We're Temple of a False Pod. We're decks are not optimized, but our place sure as heck are fun. I'm Andy. I'm Bruce. Uh, and uh, go play some green. Go brew some green. Go, actually, go play less green. Uh, you know what it does. It's simple. It's a good, it's a good, it's a good magic color. One of five, in fact. Uh, I've had too much coffee, uh, so I'm going to go. Have a great night, and may your fifth land be the temple. Bye! Wait, wait, before you go, I uh, just wanted to say thank you for listening. You can reach out to us via email at falsepodmtg at gmail.com or on Twitter at falsepodmtg. Bruce is at Mana Burned, and I'm at Andy Weekend, though you'll definitely notice I use the podcast Twitter far more often. Now that we've got you here, make sure you subscribe, like, rate us on uh, whatever podcast platform you use. It helps us out. It gets us more reach. Subscribe to us on our YouTube channel. Uh, like a video there. Leave some comments for more casual enjoyment. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back with some more timeless discussions about all things casual. So come hang out, and may your fifth land be the temple. Bye-bye. Should I do my best, Bruce? Bye!